take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Right, everybody. Hello, Mr. Finley. Hey there, buddy. How are you? Doing good. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us, our Patreon friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a little bit of that special content we promised you. Here this we go. This is an go. episode just for you. Uh, just for you. Just savor it. Just hold mm, it near and dear Finley's to your bosom. Finley's Fine Reserve. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Finley's Reserve. That's right, yeah. So, okay. thank you. This oh. is your reward. Yeah, and I hope... It's worth it. Every penny. Too much pressure. It's going to blow. Well, I'm kind of excited about this episode because I've been trying to figure out a way for us to do an episode on this guy, Osman Sembin, who's a Senegalese Mm -hmm. director. Yeah. And this is really his only film. I mean, that's you're wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. And let me tell you the story behind that. Talk to me. Because there should be an Osman Sembin episode. Mm -hmm. Here's the history behind it the guy started in the like, early 60s making um like little documentaries um little documentaries with a flair so like um like almost like a travel guide like here's a 20 minute piece on dakar Mm -hmm. but he would always infuse like little bits of anti-french anti-colonial sort of script writing in there and that comes through in this movie too okay so he makes this film in 1966 and i was really taken with it and it's available on youtube i will say this it's available on youtube with closed captioning, you're gonna have to change it to English, and it's a you know you're gonna have to make some assumptions. Yeah, you're about gonna have to go along with the language. <laughs> There's some the pronoun issues. The, the person who did the actual uh, the the translation of the captions, uh, yeah, kind of a special person, but you could still follow along. But you know, he was a big deal director after this in mm-hmm. Senegal. Okay, he made a number of films. I didn't and know they had lighting, let alone they, film in Senegal. His other films great. are un. Watchable, really? and I don't, I don't even mean that they're bad. Although they might be bad, I can't even tell if they're bad. It might actually be that he switched over because this one is about. Um, it's a really straightforward story. It's here. a straightforward story. It's a relationship between Dakar as a former like francophone country, colony mm-hmm. of France, right. and the people of France. Right. And so automatically, like I'm able to tune into it for, as a Western viewer, mm-hmm. you know, w- with you know some modifications. Well, if you, if you uh, a, a, sem- a semi enlightened Western viewer helps, I'm sure. Okay, fair enough. But his other films are basically he having sort of gained some some fame and popularity. He started making these other films that were like romantic, like a romantic comedy, but mm-hmm. a romantic comedy that's set in. Like the um, outback country right. of uh, side of <laughs> Senegal, okay, and re- complete with all of the sort of Senegalese mythological customs. Mm. So it, it has like out of it's it's like very like Shakespearean. Eat, pray, love, but it's eat, pray, excise, excise, no, uh, clitoris. What? Uh, no, <laughs> very good. But it's like it's like all of a sudden in the middle of the story there'll be like a um, a council of the gods. <laughs> oh boy! Discuss, okay. You know what I mean? Uh, and like right. like drumming out their feelings, and it, it just gets so intensely strange. I really, honestly, can't follow it, and it becomes mm-hmm. infuriating to, trying to watch his films. It might be interesting to get like a Senegalese person 
position there to, to really well, that's, figure what's going on. Okay, so on. that's what I'm talking about. It could yeah, be okay. that Senegalese people would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it and they might be 100% right that it's strictly the fact that I am a Westerner that I just can't grasp on. Right. But I can't even grasp on enough to dislike those other films. Hmm, okay. I, I didn't make it through one, and I tried like four others. Mm. I really wanted to put this episode together. All right. So yeah, what, you have been talking about this for a while now. So I decided, and, and I'll talk about, we'll, we'll transition to how we put it together with another film. Sure. But it's 1966's Black Girl. Black Girl. Yeah. Also known as uh, Le Noir de... It, it, it's kind oh. of interesting. The, weather, the French title is Le, Le, Le Noir de, which means the black... The, the blackness or something like that. Yeah, so, well, it's, it's interesting. It is, yeah, it's about this black girl who gets a job. She's a Senegalese girl. <laughs> well, She's, I just want to... That, that, that's an important point because in the horrible sort of closed captioning translations with with a mixed up pronouns right. it kept referring You're to her right. as it yeah but or, that was actually him. even him quite but often it was kind of on on target in a way there was a certain amount of like grotesque irony going on there yes yeah. okay so go unintentional ahead. grotesque irony so <laughs> so i'm sorry it's about so she's i mean it's, it's a very simple story uh she's this poor um senegalese girl who wants to work for a she wants to be a housemaid or or, or she wants to work for a white people white people yeah they have all the money she wants to get some of that sweet sweet cash herself so we're talking about the french in the french in the who are car, actually in, in senegal yeah, yeah in senegal so yep. So she manages to finally finagle just such a position, yes. and she's a um, uh, she's she's watching the children basically. She's yes. a nanny mm-hmm. uh, for this white French family, yes. and then she moves. Then she gets talked into following them to France to the to the ivory to the uh, Côte d'Azur, the, the Blue Coast, I yeah. guess, right? Yeah, the the, the the Riviera, really. Okay, go ahead. So uh, so she so she's like, "Fuck, this is exciting! I get to go to France. Wow, things are getting see what's better. going on. Let's this going to be things are looking up. I'm going to enjoy French culture and see what's yes. going on and live an exciting life over there." And they bring her over, and basically, she's like a maid. Who is she's all well, she it's is more is than the, a maid. She's she feels enslaved. Yeah, she's a maid who has the, the she has no social contact outside does of not this speak one the language very well uh, outside of domestic situations right, she's just expected to be a maid and that's all they brought her over for despite their what they had said that she was going to bring her over there's a, there's a very funny moment early on where the uh, where the woman walks in sees mm-hmm. her and goes you know you look you look very tired we need to get you some nice clothing or something like yeah. that and and the girl has been like oh she's excited to go out shopping in france mm-hmm. and see these wonderful stores that you're like i brought you this apron yeah <laughs> to cover up your dress so you have a little more color splashed on uh, there sweetie uh, and and the, the the way that the film is carried out is mostly through sort of internal dialogue voiceover right by the by the black girl yeah yeah so a lot of it's just her in her head so we understand the, the where was she's coming from? Totally from that standpoint. Totally, we because sympathize nobody else in this goddamn movie has a moment of sympathy or, or yeah or honest reflection about who she is or what she might be. Except for us, so we're in the, we're on the ride with her, and and mm-hmm. also we get to see these two worlds. So it's like we get to see in real time, sort of moving forward, we get to see her as a, a briefly as a domestic for the French couple when the French couple who it's it's sort of clear that the man has a government job or something something like that yeah and, yeah. and as she worked as a domestic mm-hmm. in their their house in Dakar right then sort of removed from her home on the French Riviera and their small apartment there and then also the backstory to how this all happened what her life was like before she came right. here she had a boyfriend who, who she met in one of the weirdest rapiest scenes I've <laughs> yes. maybe ever seen. He followed me home one day. Short of getting picked up as a hooker, like it couldn't have been more weird than that. But but anyway, so uh, yeah. But so she had all that back home. She had all that, and she had all this sort of conflict. So like all these layers are happening with this film because the guy, the boyfriend that you're talking about, 
is kind of a militant. I mean, I guess what you'd call... Well, actually, he's just sensible. He wants to be a human being. Is what it is. <laughs> he wants to be treated yeah, according right. to human rights. <laughs> he's a real militant <laughs> black man. Black man, yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, he looks... He's obviously against the French. Um, he reveres those who sort of rose up against the French. He's really against the situation she's going for. Because it's like, what are you doing? You're right. going to France. What are you going to do there? Well, I'll shop and I'll see the culture. And he's like, that's... They won't let you. That's not your culture. Right. What are you doing? Stay here. Let's knock boots. Oh, you want to be a slave. That's what he says that's to her. Basically, what he says, right, and that's what she ends up being, even in her own mind, going there. Yes, because ultimately, this movie is a, is the it's a metaphor in one girl's life of colonialism. Yeah, it really is what it is. Yes. You know, her, her buying into into the culture doesn't make her less of a slave, which is what she thinks is going to happen. It makes her more of a slave, perhaps. Well, I mean, there's a human. Here's the the sort of the failing of her character in a way, and of course, you can't have. It's not going to be interesting unless she has some flaws. And one of her flaws is that she initially feels so drawn to the sort of surface-level commercial aspect of like, well, I'll go to France, though. I mean, it'll be amazing. I'll get the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I come from a poor fucking village. Mm-hmm. Stupid shacks. With, with, like, the coolest, like, the head the, the head guy in the village. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, like The collector of the world's most boss fucking smoking pipes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> some, bad, some badass pipes he's got. And so there's all this sort of stuff. You know, there's a, there's a sort of heavy-handed symbolism of this mask that she takes with her mm-hmm. to give to the couple as a gift initially. But right. then she wants to take it back because of how, how little they think of her, and of course, immediately they begin to to think of her as as a lazy, lazy girl. Oh yeah, they, they, they start using all those those weird like the wife. Well, the wife particularly. She's real using, cunty. She's yeah, she's, cunty, she's very cunty. Yes, yes yeah. indeed. Well played. Um, mm-hmm. She, uh, but she, but she immediately shiftless. I think it's used at some point. Well, it's I mean, also. I mean, it's a. It's an interesting film. You know, here it is. We have the Senegalese director. You know, making this film um, that is has French dialogue from 1966. Mm-hmm. I, I weirdly run across it. But here we are in Fresno. And this is a convert. Well, never mind Fresno. Here we are in America, no, no, and this is a conversation about you know that we have all the time about shiftless Mexicans. Oh sure, absolutely. Oh, they just want to come here well, and just, you know. this movie is so wonderful. If you really want to just sort of dose out on white condescension, this movie is <laughs> really un- it's, un- it's, it's like almost it's so beautifully done. It's unbearable. Like oh, even- there's some uncomfortable moments in here. One of them, they're having a dinner party. Mm-hmm. And many uncomfortable moments, but she comes in to serve them some food, and one of their guests, this man, stands up and says, "Excuse me," but not really to her, to the rest of them. Excuse me, and then just kisses her and explains, "Well, I've never kissed a, ne- a Negro before." Yeah, mm-hmm. checklist done, bucket list. Yeah, oh, off the off the list. And yeah. we had authentic African cuisine. It was rice. You know. Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> spicy for me. Yeah, yeah and it's. I it, think I enjoy the spiciness. At one point, yeah, the the um one of the complaints of the wife is um that she's lost her authenticness. Yes, because yes. she's sad mm-hmm. instead of a happy, happy go lucky Negro. Negro girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that the husband. There's also a little bit of uh, a a sort of gender um you know study here in a way because you know the husband is um. Seemingly much more sympathetic to her. Right, but his answers to these problems are... Leave her alone on the floor. Leave her alone, fuck her, <laughs> fuck her throw her some money, basically. Yeah, well, that's the point, is that is that he's not actually <laughs> sympathetic. He's seemingly sympathetic, but actually he just doesn't care he's just a, about anything. Exactly. He's he just, just a typical without. husband, roll his eyes, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. Some kind of woman thing. Someone had know. feelings. Oh, boy. Yeah, and so also the, you, you're left to understand there's... there's um. The condescension comes from like the kids. She's the kid's plaything. 
Right. Because that's all. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's originally hired to be the nanny. And so that's what she, what she starts off as. And she never, even, even coming into France yeah. later on, the kids reappear. They're away for some portion of time for no particular reason that's explained. No. Uh, and then, uh, but then one of them appears and then, yeah, absolutely. She's again, she's back to being the kids plaything. And that's it. And then there's a horrible, I just want to mention that the horrible scene of the letter that she is, she's sort of, uh, we understand that she's not quite literate, and so this mother has written a letter. The mother may have also had help writing the letter. Her mother back in Senegal. But, sorry, back in Dakar, writes the letter to her. She finally receives a letter, and so it's like the mother may have had help writing the letter. She understands that, that her daughter's not going to read the letter. The boss man is going to read the letter to her. Right. Um, and immediately the content of the letter is, you're off having fun, wasting away while I'm here in, in Dakar, you know, starving right. and poor, and it's like, oh, she's not... And then the the audacity of that couple to say, well, we'll just we'll write the letter back. Stop me if I'm saying anything wrong. <laughs> and they start writing this this letter back to her, and she's just like, I've had enough of you, fuck faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it, it yeah. So it's 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 a really interesting film mm-hmm. in 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 the personal level and the sort of like what it says about colonialism, Political as you say. Level. Yeah. Yeah. It, you got to approach a, as a white as a white man as a white person approach it with the with the open mind this movie deserves. It, you're going to feel bad and you should and also should. um uh it's an interesting sort of situation because well one thing is the apartments in europe tend to be that way mm. so it's already claustrophobic they're all in there in a claustrophobic situation right the trappings are european the language is french but it has oh am i boring you tell me no <sighs> And the uh, the music, the sort of background music throughout is the Senegalese it's all music. Senegalese, so it's yeah. very, it's like this this um, there's a lot of tension. What do they call this? The little the little finger uh, organs, the djembe or something like that. Something with a dolphin. Yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense to these people. You dumb bastard. That's all right. So it makes sense to me. <laughs> something. Strange. Anyway, so I highly recommend this film. It's unfortunate. I mean, really, you should probably, as I, we should have, just order a copy of it. But you can certainly find it on YouTube with with um, challenging, slightly challenging. <laughs> <laughs> challenging circumstances there. It's free too, right? I mean, you can it's just, free. Yeah, you can just yeah. find it there. So yeah, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Definitely okay. worth checking out for sure. All right. So, the, so, so then the idea was to bridge this episode with a second film, um, um, not by the same director, mm-hmm. but a second film that's also kind of avant-garde, kind of strange, that's also really from 1966. See, no, I couldn't figure out when the fuck this movie was made. Same if year. Said, if you'd have said because it was essentially a sound, uh, it was essentially a silent movie. If you'd have said 1923, I, w- I could have totally believed that. Oh, is that so? Yeah. I mean, it just had, it was really because there was no sound going on. Yeah. It was really well put. It was. Beautifully put together. Well, it's it's Yukio Mishima's, mm-hmm. who, who's the the great um, Japanese writer. It's his film. It's the only film he ever made. Really? He stars in it. Now that I'm thinking about it, I've heard that name, and I think I had at uh, one time I had one of his books, but I don't know. Mishima is fantastic, and this might be okay. my favorite short story of all time. It's called Patriotism, mm-hmm. and and I have to say it's it's actually very different from the short story. The short story is just beautifully paced and detailed, mm-hmm. and this one has a beautiful pacing and detail, but it's sure. also trying to be sort of avant garde and and minimalist in a way. Right. But but Yukio Mishima. Um, is this amazing writer who was who was like publishing great short stories when he was fourteen? Just this, wow. this intensely, just an intense individual in the Japanese um, writing culture. Okay. And so he makes this one film based on a short story, Patriotism. He directs it. Mm-hmm. He obviously wrote the the screenplay. Sure. And he he plays the um, the lead man. Oh, he's he's the lieutenant. That's him. Oh, far out. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. 
Sweet ass. I gotta say that, man. <laughs> he, you got a great can. He had for a great dude. body. Yes, yeah, guy. Yeah. Very beautiful man. For a writer. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, Rana? So the premise of the- <laughs> Do you, Rainer boy? <laughs> He's such a jerk. <laughs> the premise of this story is that um, an officer in the Japanese army is put in, in a situation where there's going to be a coup. Against the government, essentially against the the emperor, but he's in a position. Not against the emperor, they would never have done that. That was against, it was against the uh, the regents. But he saw it as as mm-hmm. a, a direct an insult the... or an affront to the emperor. Sure. And so he's in this position where he's high enough in, up in the ranks where he has to defend the emperor's honor. Right. But he but these are all his friends. Yeah, all these people who are doing the coup are like his buddies and pals. So he he's in a situation where he can't do what he is supposed to do, and right. so there's only one honorable thing, which is to come home and commit. Harry Kerry, Seppuku, the Japanese, my friend. So the film is really just about that, about about understanding the situation. And, and by the way, the context for any sort of situation, because as Tom mentioned, it's there's no there are no spoken words in this film. Yeah. It has a, a Japanese sort of soundtrack and a beautiful black and white minimalist sort beautiful. of set. Um, the only context is handwritten small segments of the chapters from mm-hmm. from Mishima's um, short story. Right. So we get these five sort of like um, prologues to chapters, essentially. Right. And then you bring you into the chapter, and the action is then is acted out in front of you there. And it is gorgeous. It's and, beautiful. And so so it's it's basically him coming home and and announcing to his wife, and she understood that if, if when he left that day, if he were killed mm-hmm. in the situation, that she would kill herself. But right. if he came home, then they would commit carry carry together he promises uh, asks her to promise him allow me to do it first sure and then you follow and there's a procedure with harry carry which i was unaware of until i did a little research i thought the whole thing was that you stuck a knife in your belly and killed yourself oh no but there's but there's a second part to it at least i mean obviously there's a whole ritual around it but i'm saying there's a second part to it which is this there's supposed to be because it's a very very painful way to, to die and it's not you're not assured the death that you should be assured uh, with it somebody should be on hand to behead you to cut your head off yeah okay so i was not aware of this oh yeah 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 okay so i mean this plays into an interesting well it sucks if you're like three people all you want to come in here and carry at some point somebody's getting fucked on that deal you got to do a tarantino like face off i think <laughs> <laughs> with a good mexican, timing a mexican sword mexican off. sword off with with good good timing <laughs> I would say. Oh, so rude to that third person. So it gives you, I mean, it goes through all the sort of the, the ritualistic stages, but mm-hmm. also the sort of like um, the idea that they'll, they'll make love for the last time with total abandon. Like she'll be able to sort of like bring out, go ahead, yeah. No, there's this thing that's really fascinating about Japanese culture to me. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's so much about Japanese culture that I find fascinating. Yeah, me too. One of the things is is this stoicness that is mm-hmm. the outside facade of this, uh, of this fascinating sort of culture mm-hmm. that... That hides uh, that hides a passion that hides a like a like a burning passion as as much as any you know every every human has that passion yeah but it's it, but it's really frowned upon to to, to express that in until. Japanese culture until that until that pure last until that pure fucking moment occurs yeah purity. and that's what really comes in, that purity is a big thing yeah and that's what really comes through in this in this movie well that's for sure yeah. so that that whole scene is is for even for 1966 and I'm thinking like. Yeah, by 1969 we had like Midnight Cowboy, and, and I mean, but by 1966 it's pretty on the edge for a lovemaking scene. It is. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely for that, and it also doesn't shy away from like the brutality of what they're doing to themselves. 
Like the gore is there. Oh, you mean afterwards with the Harry? After, Carey. Yeah, when the Harry Carey occurs, like the yeah. gore is there during it's, the fucking two. But it's also oh, blood flying everywhere. But it's the gore is there, but it's also very artistic at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. Which it's is beautiful. really sort of fascinating that combination of those two things. Very wonderfully done. Yeah. So um, nothing but a recommendation on both of those movies. So they do that. I just want I just want to sort of say <laughs> that that, that it does, there's no twist at the end. Oh, right, yeah, they follow through. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no O. Henry moment here. No, not at all. Now, there's an O. Mushima moment. Well, there's a Mishima moment. Mishima. Now, are you aware of his own moment? No, talk to me. Well, in 1970, four years after this, Mishima staged his own sort of protest, a coup, if you will, against the government. Um, and it failed. He he um, took over a regent's office. He with some others. Mm-hmm. He, um, as, a, as a sort of celebrated figure, went out to the balcony and, and uh, sort of um, asked the people of Japan to sort of rise up against the government, and they, like, audibly laughed at him. Hmm, that's kind of sad. So he went inside and ended his life, and you'll never guess how. Uh, he, really, he drove a movie camera through his head. <laughs> he committed Harry Carey, okay. and his friend cut his head off. Fuck off! Really? He yeah. actually did. Wow, that's awesome, dude. So he died four years later. I wonder what like the last recorded Harry Carey was in Japan. I wonder if that might have been it. Oh, you don't think it still happens? Uh, Some traditionalists? I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe. No, I don't think so. I don't know. I just mm. fuck. You might be right. Listen, like mean, Yakuza's probably do it. Who knows? Yakuza or Yakuza? Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking. I'm from no, I'm Yakuza. Know. I'm American. I have no idea. The, the Yakis. No, I just don't know. Uh, Yakuza. Okay, I thought so. That's being racist. All right, thanks for showing that. <laughs> hmm. All right, Sad buddy. Kitty. I, yeah, a high recommendation for each of these. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we would say we'd like your support on Patreon, but we've clearly already gotten it. And we thank you for your wonderful support on Patreon. <laughs> Tom's knocking the mic around. Mm. All right, Tommy. Do knocking you have any, the mic. Knocking that else? mic. Uh, anything else you'd like to mention? Uh, shoot. Come join me on, uh, fa- uh, on um, what do you call that, my website, uh, uh-huh. TomSmithComedy.com. <laughs> uh-huh. A rollicking success, as you can tell. Yep. And join us on fa- Well, you're already with us on Facebook. Thank you so much for all your just, support. You, just, you, did, you did what you needed to do. Thank mm-hmm. you, people, for stepping up. You won't have to commit Harry Carey now. No, absolutely. We, uh, m- we might after this. All right. Actually, I wonder if I kill you, would that be considered Harry Carey? I like to think it would be. 